Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> Episode 42. Let's go. Is that what it is? 40? Oh, 44. <laughs> 44. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote down 42. Stupid ass. So? Unique New York. What's Unique that? New York. What is that? <laughs> I was watching Anchorman the other day when he's like getting ready for broadcasting. Oh. I haven't like said many words today yet, so it's like voice <sighs> training. I think there was a... Uh, I think it was on... Wolf of Wall Street too. Another one is like eleven benevolent elephants. Oh yeah, eleven yeah. benevolent elephants. <laughs> I'm good to go. That's I'm polished. Yeah, I don't know what what I forget what Chris D'Elia called it, but that exact thing that you just did to to bring back like an old memory in a in a tr- transition like that, or to give an example of like an old movie or something. Mm. He was doing that on a podcast and he, he did it so well. And he's like, cause I'm a professional. Yeah. He's like, I store things in my brain and then I pull it out when I need it. Cause I'm a professional. <laughs> I could totally see him doing that. I'm fucking horrible at that, man. Yeah. Um, so anyways, here we are. I got a question for you. Let's, let's go. You make good money. Don't you? Decent. Decent. Why the fuck haven't you bought like a nice little hut on the coast of Mexico overlooking the ocean? Like I'm driving here and I'm just looking at the road and the temperature lately. I'm like, man, this place is rough. Like this place is hard to live through. Like I'll get into it later, but like all I see all day is tow trucks just towing vehicles because they can't survive. Furnaces shutting yeah. down. Like the cold will find weaknesses and just break it and make it crumble. It's intense, man. I I question that too. Like th- think about this, my girlfriend. She moved here from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and went to Vancouver, but then when she went to Saskatoon, she was living in this place off like 33rd Street. So can you imagine like going through the winter here, driving around 33rd Street thinking like, why the hell am I here? Especially from Rio, what brought her here anyway? Well, well she wanted to get away from, you know, it's not the most safe place, and um, she wanted to come here to school and learn English and that sort of thing, but... Back to your question, like, I've always told myself as long as I can get on a plane each winter and break the winter up, I'm happy living here because my family's here. This is where I've kind of established my business and there's opportunity for me in that regard. But that's the thing, the the wrench that's thrown into the whole mix over the last couple of years. We can't really travel properly. Right. Um, yeah, it makes it, it's really stressful to travel. Like, yeah. you can do it. I see people doing it, but it's yeah. a bit more of a headache. My parents were supposed to go to Mexico this week, and they just canceled. Oh, because no. They, they because they just didn't want to be stuck there, you know? They wanted to be able to come back, and right. they're like, whatever. But um, I think I would eventually like to have some sort of, like, a beach property somewhere. But right now, I think managing it, um, it would just be like a little bit too much of a headache, but I think I'll eventually get there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be so cool to have like, what are they called? Snowbirds. Like a lot of people like they'll be here in the summertime and then winter hits and they go to Arizona, Arizona for five months or right. four months. Yeah. It's yeah. Harsh, it, harsh living here. man. It is man. I, I, I feel you like I, I seen it the other day too, just driving to Saskatoon. There's like 
vehicles in the ditch, like yeah. blowing snow, like flat white and brown, all you see. And you're like, man, it's dangerous outside. Like, well, that's what I was like kind of laughing in my head. It's like your, your girlfriend, Natalia leaves Rio to come here for safety. And she's like, you know, they got a lot of corrupt cops and like a lot of poverty and gang violence. <clears throat> she flees that and then comes here and just gets killed by the weather. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you might not get killed by a corrupt cop, but like minus 40 will kill you if you break down on the highway for too long. Yeah. Like that's legit. If you break down on the highway and you're there for in your car for, I don't know, two hours waiting for a tow truck, you could be in some trouble. And you better have your phone charged. Yeah. Or a candle. They say put a candle on your car because that that could keep you alive. One candle in a vehicle when you're like, dude, I remember delivering cars up north when I was selling cars. (laughs) I'd be driving and it'd be like 3 a.m. Because it was just like you finish work at six and you have to drive like seven hours to drop a car off and then come back. And so it's like late night driving. And you just see like a vehicle in the ditch with their lights on. Like they just hit the ditch Mm -hmm. and it's minus 40 outside. It's black outside. Like there's nobody there but a couple bears and then me just going to deliver a car. Like fuck. And they say you're not supposed to walk. Like that's the dangerous when you try to, it's like stay there. Yeah. But again, that's scary too. Right. Crazy, man. It's... You know, it's funny though, like I've always had a thing for foreign girls, you know, like I I just have, I don't know what, what about it. I just like girls from different places. You don't like your own kind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a racist. (laughs) But, um, but it's funny because my girlfriend, she's always had like a, it's been fascinating, like like Canadian guys with like blonde hair and blue eyes. It's like her thing. Hey. <laughs> so I think, and just, she considers me blonde hair, blue eyes, but I'm like, really I'm not. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, That's like borderline racist when white people think all black people look the same. <laughs> it's like, she's like, you all look the same. To me. But it's like, so that was something that fascinated her too, is like, I can't wait to go to Canada and like, you know, like huh? find these like blonde hair looking guys <laughs> with like light eyes. Because in, in Brazil, it's like, mostly darker people or else people with dark hair dark eyes like dark accents so it's like i think she had this like idea of like i want to go like meet a canadian guy you know and i have this thing of like i want a girl from somewhere far away it's a perfect match yeah man i heard something the other day it was kind of funny it's like you know you almost like i don't know maybe you're just like a attracted to the opposite like i'm blonde aaron's got dark hair and it's like you, you almost like like they, they, it was like, if you see a family that has all blonde people in it, they're dangerous. Like they're usually like the weird vampire family in the movie, right? It's like the wife has like this blonde hair. The husband has blonde slicked hair. The kids all have blonde hair. You're like, oh, you guys are vampires. There's something wrong here. Yeah. 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 Super humanoid hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but sure. um, anyways, you, you've been struggling. We're doing this on the weekend. We don't normally do it on the weekend. Why? Why is that, sir? It's been a rough year, buddy. Yeah. It's been a rough start to the year. It's been a rough few weeks winter-wise. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine van life. Legitimately, this would be, like, let's let's base it on the last few weeks. This would be the, the roughest place in the world to do van life. Like, yeah. think about it. It's been consistently, with the wind chill, minus 40 to 50 for the last two and a half weeks. Yeah. Harsh. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Been a been a rough start to the year. I have like a lot of thoughts in my head, and I'm gonna try to formulate some of them throughout this podcast. But yeah, yeah it's it's been rough, man. Like in in the last about four years, in the last four years or so, I've never questioned van life, 
and just recently has been the first time I've questioned van life really in, in about four years where I'm, I'm kind of like, is, is it worth it? Like, is, is what yeah. I'm doing worth the squeeze? You well, know? I remember a couple months ago, you're like, I'm kind of low key looking forward to winter. Like it's kind of exciting. Yeah. But then we had the mild start, which was fine. Yeah. But now, yeah. So what basically happened was just like a, a row of events that just kept kicking me while I was down. Like there'd be like little obstacles and like I can, I'm handling it all like decently well, but I'll get into what's bothering me the most at the end here. So the first thing that happened was my heater went. So my main source of heat in the winter went and that's what made last winter so much easier. Like with that diesel heater, it was like, oh, I can totally do this. Like minus 40, minus 50 with the wind chill. As long as that diesel heater is working, which it was working phenomenally last winter, I'll be okay. I can survive. Then it went. I'm like, fuck. So like now I'm, I'm still in the van, but I have my little space heater. I'm like, okay, like I can still, I can still do this. Like I'll go as long as I can. And the space heater is like substantially more uh, less heat than the diesel heater. So it's still a battle. Like I posted some videos on Instagram with everything being frozen. Like that was with a space heater on. It's still freezing in there, but I can survive. And then my space heater starts blowing cold air at me. And it just stopped working. I woke up in the morning. It was just blowing air conditioning at me. And that's not even an option on the space heater. Mm. It just decided to just quit blowing hot air. Yeah. I'm like, full well, fuck. So then uh, my buddy Tyler... Thing. my buddy Tyler gave me like a, a good space heater and then the cold was just so overwhelming that it even stopped that from working and so I'm like okay shit like I gotta I'm, I have to figure something out I gotta fucking get out of here like I'm gonna freeze to death like I can't even eat properly like yeah. every, I can't put oil into my frying pan because it's frozen yeah yeah and so I start the van and I like drove to Aaron's place like she has a she has the condo that she bought and so I'm like, okay, like I'll stay there. But I, I had Layla. And so I'm like trying to like juggle this shit around. I'm like, fuck man, I don't like this. Like, and so I, I had to drop Layla off at my mom's place. And then I stayed at Aaron's place. And it was kind of like a decent little thing. Like, you know, my mom sometimes gets lonely out where she is. So it was kind of a nice little treat to have Layla for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind that. And then I'm at Aaron's place. And then I go to start the van one day and it just stops working. It breaks down. And I'm like, Jesus. So now I have no heat in there. The van won't start. And it's just like, yeah, it was just a disaster of events. And so I get a tow truck to go to the mechanic shop and they fix the van. He calls me. <laughs> he calls me. He's like, hey, like van's ready to go. Like it started. Like we, we can, you can come pick it up. <clears throat> so I'm like getting dressed to head out there. And 10 minutes later, he calls back and he's like, bro, he's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm like, what? He's like, one of my guys... He didn't realize that your van revs really high. Like those old units, they rev really high until they're warm enough. Then you tap the gas and then they idle down. But when they rev high, obviously if you put it in, ga on, in, in drive, it's going to drive fast. Oh. And so the guy started the van and it's like revving high and he just popped it into Ooh. drive and it went and it just took him right into another vehicle on the lot and smashed, no shit. And smashed my van and another customer's vehicle. Really? Yeah. And Damn. so he called me back and he's like, bro, I'm really sorry. He's like, we, we kind of fucked up the front side of your van. Wow. And I'm like, does it run? Like, can I, yeah. that's all I don't, I don't care. I just yeah. want a vehicle that drives. Like yeah. I'm sick of using my girlfriend's car. Like it's yeah. annoying and or walking. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, all week I've been waking up at 4am out the door by 4.30. I get at the gym around 5.30. So like close to an hour walk and minus 40. Jeez, dude. So I'm just like doing all this shit. And then, yeah, that happened. And I, I kind of just laughed it off. Um, 
So, and then I, I grabbed the van anyway, cause he's like, yeah, it still works. So I took the van to the gym and then I, I went back to Aaron's place. And in the morning I, I was going to walk and this is why we had to cancel. And that's why we're doing it today. I was going to walk to the gym to teach 6am and do my privates. And then I was going to drive my van to your place. So I finished my privates. I go in the van, I go to start it. Just, just doesn't start. <clears throat> I'm like, you know what, man? I'm done with this year. Oh, like, man. fucking wrap this up. I'm man. done with this year. It's like January 6th. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was like the 6th or something. And I'm like, I'm <clears> done, <throat> dude. Um, but yeah, that's so that that was like the string of events. But none of that mattered. Like, I'm pretty good with like dealing with that type of shit. The thing that was has been like bugging me the most is having to like need other people and like ask for help and have help. That fucking bothers me. I feel like a burden. I feel like I'm like this like annoying anchor to people. And Aaron gets really mad when I say this because she's like, "You're not." Yeah. Like I I, I do I do a lot around the, like I'm like I'll put gas in her car. Like I do a lot of yeah. I'll buy that. I bought groceries the other day. Like I'm trying to do my part and pull my weight just so I'm not like this fucking leech. Yeah, you know. But like, I don't like it. Yeah. The the van life brought me so much. Um, independence mm-hmm. like it was just my space and so even if I was at Aaron's for a while it was nice knowing that I at least had the option I could go to the van but with the van being frozen and broken down it's not like an option and then my mom's watching Layla so I feel like this fucking 33 year old shithead who just doesn't have his shit together and so like that that part was weighing on me more than them smashing my van, more than the van breaking down, more than, like I don't care about walking in minus 40. Like I, this is kind of fun. It was like a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. yeah none of that mattered. The, it was more of like this shame and this guilt of feeling like a burden to yeah. other people. That pride. But do you know what? It's just Aaron's right. It's not the case. It's like you're just you've, you're in a tough spot right now. But it's like no one from an outside perspective, like you're just not that kind of a guy. You know, yeah, and she she got a, she got got upset and stood up right away because I kind of said I was like, yeah, like I'll I'll get out of your hair, and she just stood up and she grabbed my both my hands and she's like, you're not a burden. She's like, you're not annoying to me. I like you being here. Yeah, like she's like, we're just going through this together. Yeah, like you're not hands broke down yeah. pretty much. It's like we'll yeah. help you for a week and things are back to normal. Right. right. Yeah. And so like I had to like just think like I'm just grateful <clears throat> that I have people that can help me mm-hmm. if I need it, yeah. and I'm also grateful that I've been so good with my money that like I do have the money to fix everything now. I'm just cheap. Mm-hmm. There's a planar heater that I could buy for fifteen hundred right now that would fix the problem now. Yeah. Or like I could get a hotel. Like if Aaron wasn't yeah. there or something, yeah. I would just get a hotel. It would cost me money, but at least, I'm just grateful that I yeah. at least have the money to do these things. Yeah. Like, and I was just thinking, man, imagine if I had like three hundred dollars to my name or like a thousand bucks to my name, and this happened. Yeah, eighty dollar tow truck. It's like three hundred dollars to put yeah. a new starter in, and all of a yeah. sudden I, I'd have the anxiety of like, oh fuck, I'm going broke and yeah. I'm freezing to death. Yeah. You know, well, that that's what people are for, man. It's like, I'm sure your mom and your girlfriend have leaned on you before. And like, you know, that's, I'll probably lean on you one day. You'll lean on me. You know, it's, it's, it's what we're for, but it's, I, I know that feeling of like, you know, how much are you going to have? Like, I know you're saving a lot of money living the way you do, but it's like, it would be shitty if that van became a money pit. Yeah. And it's like, you're just eating up all your savings on like a new starter now, you know, a new fuel pump now, you know, a new this now. 
And those are the questions I have to ask myself now. Cause again, the first, like I'm getting a goddamn cold sore just cause I've been so stressed out about mm-hmm. being like a burden on people. Like I just, this popped up this morning and I'm oh, like, okay. yeah, of course it did. Yeah. Like anytime <laughs> I get a lot of stress, I get that shit. Yeah. That shit will just pop up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just is like, yeah, it's just weighing on me. I'm starting to like think about like future stuff and like, like, is this going to be the last year I do this? Do I sell the van in the summer? Like I, I don't want it to be a money pit. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I was excited for the winter because if my heater would work, it was fun. It was like, a, it was fun to even like show it on social media. Like I had fun with that, but it ain't fun when it's just minus 40 in your home. Yeah. You know, you can't do anything. Yeah. So, and, and I know what you mean. It's like, it's a little bit exciting when it's winter and you get to live this van life and a little bit of suffering can be fun. Yeah. But when it's like, like real suffering, you can die. It, it's, and also it's like you said, you, you have to ask the question, like, is this worth it? Yeah. You know? And, and that's what I find like, you know, and, and, and so another reason why I'm questioning it now too, is like, you can be pretty efficient inside of a house. Like, and I, I forgot a lot of the luxuries of being in a home, like being able standing to standing up, yeah, standing <laughs> up, walking properly, stretching your back. Yeah. Like fucking, you know, what, while you're watching a show or listening to a podcast, you can sit there and stretch. I don't do that in the van, right? Like yeah. it's like, um, even just cooking more efficiently and cleaning, like it takes a short amount of time. So you have more time to maybe read or like walk your dog or go to the gym or whatever. So yeah, like just getting a little taste of that house life again and then while my van van life is just going out the fucking window i'm kind of like shit like maybe maybe it's getting close to that time to hang up the gloves well regardless what you do if you've done it for four years like that's pretty that's pretty damn long you know you think i proved those facebook commenters wrong i think so for sure <laughs> it's like that's the only reason i'm doing this <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking on the last episode the chip on the shoulder right, right? It's like yeah just suffering just to, every year to prove people wrong yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah, man, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it, like I could, is there, is there part of you that's like, I, I guess afraid of the change of like, you know, like part of your identity is like a van lifer. Is there a part of you that's like, I won't be the same, like exciting, like young free Viking guy if I just like get an apartment or like get something different. I thought about that. There's, there's like a little bit of that. There's a little bit of the, you know, it's like, I, I, I got to change my Instagram name. The nomad, right? right? Like, yeah, it's like, I can't be the nomadic ninja if I just am at a house training like everybody else. That's something I never thought of. Hey, it's like, if you, are you still the nomadic ninja if you don't live in your van? No, not in my mind. No, no. (laughs) What makes me nomadic? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like nomadic. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like the van life is the nomadic part, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, like you're not the nomadic <laughs> realtor. You fucking live in a stationary spot. You bought a house. You yeah. have property in one spot. Yeah. You know, the idea of a nomadic is that you're moving constantly. You're sleeping in different areas. Yeah. You know. Interesting. I never thought about that part. So it's it's more than just a decision of like I'm going to live in a different spot. It's like part of your identity. You're you know, this thing is, is it's a brand. Yeah. It's like, I wanted to create the brand and that's a big part of it. And so in my head, this is one of the thoughts that I've been going through and not just to keep the fucking brand and identity. I do enjoy a lot of aspects about the van life. I do really like it. What I think might happen is that I'm going to do van life, but I'm probably going to sell the one I'm in right now. I'm going to go back to like a cargo van, but with no windows just so that it traps heat better. And it's just a little bit more comfortable <clears throat> and just have it as like a, a sleep wagon 
and just have a good diesel heater in there have like the wood and maybe a couple bookshelves mm -hmm. and then just use it to sleep outside the gym so i can teach because i fucking love sleeping right outside the gym and then i just wake yeah. up and walk into the gym i don't yeah. have to wake up like right now i'm waking up two hours early 4 a.m you quickly get my shit together, walk into the gym. Yeah. I got to warm up. I turn the heater on. I vacuum. I'm doing all this shit. And so I'm, I'm, it's just a lot of time. And so the, by the time 7 p.m. rolls around, I'm like, I'm tired. It's bedtime. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, th I think what I might do a couple, a little bit of adjusting, you know, with how full-time van life I am next yeah. year. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Th we'll there's see. a way you could still do it too, you know? Like I know this is like the toughest part of it is right now with the weather and stuff. Yeah. But, you know with your future plans and what you plan to do. And it's like, you could still make it sustainable to do that sure. life. Even if you just get a different unit. Yeah. And even if it's more of like a part-time thing too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. I think that's, that, that is maybe what I'll do, but we'll see. But yeah, for the first time in four years, I've actually had to question like whether or not this is worth it. Yeah. Like this is just a lot of string of events that happen where I'm like, fuck. But <clears throat> You know, it's funny, like Aaron was saying, like, she's like, I like that you didn't get really mad when he, you heard that he crashed your van. Like, I just kind of like laughed and I'm like, well, is it like, can I drive it still? Like, I yeah. just, I want my van. Like, I didn't even think about like how bad the damage was. I just was like, can it drive? Like, exactly. fix the starter. You're worried about the functionality, not the. Yeah. And I, and I kind of joked when I got there and I was like, <laughs> I was like, or yeah, I said to Daryl, one of the mechanics, I'm like. Uh, it'll still look on Instagram. I'll just take photos from the other side. And he kind of just laughed and yeah. he's like, you're such a fucking Instagram guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, they could tell I didn't care at all. Yeah. But then I was thinking, I was like, well, what does make me upset? And Aaron and I were saying, she's like, well, you sure don't like when the government tells you what to do. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. But just to, I don't want to get into that. There's two other things that fucking piss me off. I want to know, I don't, I want to know if you have any petty things that make your blood boil and just be fucking honest. <laughs> don't try to be the higher man and just be like, no, like that doesn't bug me. <laughs> There's shit that pisses you off and I know it. Yeah. So for me, if you don't put your shopping cart away, you're scum. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it just gives the people at the Safeway a job to do. Okay, well, throw all your garbage outside and let the city workers just pick up your garbage. Yeah. Give them a job to do. You know, that's yeah. dumb reasoning. Yeah. The other reason, if it's windy, it blows your shopping carts and it hits vehicles. Yeah. I've seen it happen before. Yeah. So when you lazy fucks just leave your cart there, drives me absolutely crazy. And then if the grocery store is really busy and there's carts in the spots, where am I going to park? Yeah. Right? I got to get out and move your shit now and then fucking park and then grab your cart and put it back. That pisses me off. Yeah. Number two, when you increase the price of honey by $4 in one fucking day. Dude, $4. If you go to Safeway right now and you buy the honey that I buy, it's normally $9.99. It was $15 fucking dollars. What honey happened? Is, honey is not cheap, man. What happened that the price went up that much? And that's why it drives me crazy when we're like, hey, like minimum wage went up, but everything else did too, so nothing matters. Oh, dude. The inflation is ridiculous right Blood now. Blood boils. Yeah. Like, did the bees, what are you doing? Like, did the bees, did something happen to the bees? What the fuck is honey so expensive yeah. for? It makes me want to like, just like switch my sweetener for my coffee. Yeah. Just go to white sugar. Dude, it's, we're, I think we're going to see a lot more of that all around. Like the cost of living is just going to go up. It's madness. Yeah. Madness. Um, what pisses you off? <laughs> you know, it really grinds my gears, yeah. Jesse and Ryan. Yeah. 
Um, I, I like I agree with the thing with the thing you're saying about the shopping cart. Like I, I just don't like lazy people. You know. Where's the exception though? The exception is if you're if it's this weather right now and you're super old, just walk away from your cart. That I don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Like if you got a bad knee and you're fucking eighty, yeah. just get in your car and drive away. Yeah. But if you're seventy or lower, fuck you. Put your cart away. Yeah. You just know? do your part. Like do your part. It's, it's all you ask. Just put it back. Right? Did you know? Apparently, so when I was posting a lot of like just silly shit about people not putting their carts away this summer <clears> on Instagram, <throat> people actually sent me like articles and like studies that they did on. Um, uh, how, how do I word this? Basically, if you don't put your cart away, on average, you're a worse person than other people. Like it was like almost like a a marker showing what kind of citizen you are. Yeah. Are you a bad one or a good one? Are you one that's selfish selfish and only thinks for themselves? Or are you like a team player? Yeah. And it's like, if you don't put your card away, clearly you don't give a rat's ass about the other person that has to move your shit. Yeah, it's just inconsiderate. Inconsiderate. Just inconsiderate, it's lazy. Right. That type of behavior does piss me off in general, but yeah. I'd have to sit here and think, obviously a lot of things piss me off, right, yeah. but it's like, I... <laughs> But it's it's funny, eh? Like it's the petty things. Like it's like you smash my van up to the point where I can't even close my front hood. Don't care. Yeah. I just kind of drive it. Yeah. Like the, it, somebody cuts me off. I'm like, fucking, as long as I don't hit you and get in an accident, like I'm chilling. Yeah. Like it's it's very rare for me to get like my, my blood boiling. Yeah. Unless somebody tells me what to do. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, human behavior in general. You know, like people littering, like people cutting you off, like just yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't want to get too, too into it either, because like I said, <coughs> we, um, I like when we talk about things that are in our wheelhouse, you know, like not like politics and pandemic yeah. and complaining, you know, like when, yeah. th- that's the stuff I listen back and I'm like, Oh, like yeah. th- you shouldn't have an opinion on that. But I just want to ask you, did you happen to listen to that Robert Malone guy on Rogan? Like Dr. Robert S- Malone? Some of it, not all of it. Um, I've, I've been listening to Chris D'Elia because I'm here for a silly goose time and I'm just done with that shit yeah. right now. But yeah, I did listen to some of it. It was, it was pretty intense. I want to touch on a couple things and then I want to leave it. And I don't want to get emotional about it and make this whole thing about that. But it's like a, a few points that stuck out to me and then I'll kind of tell you why I wanted to bring this up. So for anybody that doesn't know Dr. Robert Malone, he's I think he's like the inventor of like nine patent mRNAs or something like a vaccine respiratory infection this is the expert like in the globe this is the elite of of of, you know people who are knowledgeable with this kind of thing and it's just crazy when you hear people like this that are being canceled and ridiculed and people are you know people like in in the hospitals are trying to like take their medical license away call them a conspiracy theorist for like for like disclosing the truth yeah the truth about how there's other methods of pre-treatment that work fantastic that don't you know support the finances like the vaccines do and they're just getting eliminated and how it's proven from like there's like israelic states or israeli states where they've done tests about lockdowns against Mm non-lockdowns and how much more harm all across the board for the economy just for for individuals how much more harm it is to lock down than to just let the virus run through people and tell people to be cautious and then also about and you know a lot of people probably obviously know this by now but the incentives that the hospitals have Mm. for covid cases like crazy eh? it's like every and i could be wrong with some of this stuff i'm trying to remember but it's like every covid case 
that the hospital gets, they get like a government grant for like 3000 Yeah. Every person that gets put on a ventilator from COVID, they get like a $30,000 government grant. Every death that's COVID, they get some sort of a grant. So there's just all this financial incentive to keep COVID and the pandemic going. And it's just, it makes you feel helpless as a person. You would think that we would want to help each other and we would want humanity to like be saved, right? But when you realize, it's like, this is like an analogy. It's like, let's say the world is just this huge like building and the building's on fire. Well, the, the experts are like the firemen, you know, it's like, we need the firemen to help us. Mm-hmm. But if there's like financial incentive for the people in charge, the politics of this building to keep the fires going, even if it means it's going to destroy the building, destroy people's finances, take lives, they're going to like, you know, like get rid of the firemen because in their best interest, they want these fires to keep going. Well, it's like the firemen are spraying on the front of the building while the politicians have like gas and flames on the backside of the building. So exactly. it's just, this, it just keeps it like 50, 50, exactly. half of it's going out. The other half just stays afloat because <clears throat> it just keeps generating like a flow of income. And that's, and that's literally what's happening. And it's just disheartening. It makes you feel helpless that we do have answers. We do have experts who, who know solutions, but because it doesn't fit the narrative of the quote unquote people in charge and the politics of this, and you follow the money, those people are getting canceled, quote unquote canceled. And like, these people are idiots, you know, kick them off Twitter, right? Don't, you know, deplatform them. And it's when you hear like the real experts talking about this, it's like, and that's why I like, thank God for Joe Rogan's podcast, because honestly, like, I'm surprised they can still have these conversations with people that doesn't fit the political narrative, but it's like he is reaching, you know, tens of millions every day with like the smartest people in the world, the best doctors, you know, the people that are speaking openly. There's a, I feel like there's a shift happening and I I felt like the shift started (laughs) happening when Omicron came out or Megatron. People are like, nah, yeah, they they were kind of like, Oh, like you're throwing transformers at us now. And like this, like the, the average side effects are like, like runny nose, sore throat, cough, like, but not just that. I think that a lot of people are seeing that CNN, Fox news, CBC, like a lot of these news outlets, they're not news. You're just watching a drama show. Yeah. Like, how can we make this story and amplify it and just tell a fib or a lie here and just bullshit? Like the thing with Rogan talking about his ivermectin, how he was like the CNN made him look like a goddamn ghost. They just put filters over him and made him look pale and yellow and just shitty. And then you see the original video and you're like, oh my God. And so like, I I feel like there's a shift that people are seeing through some of the bullshit. They're seeing that politicians are liars. And so like, and it's funny because like you'll see in some states where they're like super pro lockdown and like double masked and 17 booster shots. And then they travel to Arizona. They have no mask. They're just enjoying the freedom of that state. So clearly you're not very scared of the virus. If you're okay to do it here where it's legal, but here you're like, no, we need to fucking do this. It's like... Where people are just seeing through it a little bit more and they're a little bit more like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I think there's a little yeah. bit more of a shift where people are like, just like, this does, like, no, we're not doing this again. <clears throat> this doesn't make sense. And let's quantify that shift. So I think it's like CNN, Fox, some of these people. I heard recently, and this might be whatever, bro, bro math, but 
There's like, they don't even get a million views on these like news station networks, these mainstream news networks. And Joe Rogan's podcast, he's averaging with like some of these um, most shared podcasts, like 30 million views. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, nobody's watching that. It shit. takes time, but it's like the, the, the information's getting out there to people, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. I like to see that, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Let's switch topics. Switch topics. I, I got something unless you do. Sure. Go ahead. After kickboxing Thursday night, this is just kind of a cool, I was kind of, it really made me think I was like observing mastery and the levels to mastery. So I was stretching. I didn't stay for the sparring class. And Kurt was talking about, um, for the sparring class, they were like rolling with the punches. You know, they were doing some um, defense drills where, and he used Floyd Mayweather as, as, as an example of somebody who's great with rolling with the punches. So you're throwing punches and, you know, you're turning with them to absorb the impact and you're not taking damage. And I was just thinking about Floyd as I was stretching and I was like, and you can see it, like you have the most elite boxers in the world throwing like the fastest, well set up combos. And he's just like, like Logan Paul, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like really do. It's like the fastest and best boxers. Oh my it's God. Like Logan Paul, you see his flurry and he's just like, <laughs> you know, when friends do that, they just agree with you. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but I just pictured that video of when Logan was going ape shit. Right. But, but even that, that's sloppy. Right. But it's like, those are heavy shots coming like full speed for 10 seconds. Yeah. And like, there's no panic from Floyd. It's like right. with these two hands, it's like, you're not going to damage me. So, yeah. so even that, even though that was as sloppy as fuck. <laughs> um, but it's like, why is Floyd so good at that? It's because that's all he knows since he was a kid. He has been dodging punches. It's just like mat time. It's like mastery. It's like, that's all, you know? So, you get to that level based on just the time you put in, you know? And I was just thinking like, it just makes sense why Floyd Mayweather is so good at defending punches. And then I seen recently, like a parallel to this, Charles Oliveira was, was doing an interview and you know, he, he wears glasses. And when, when we see him without glasses, he looks like a blind guy, you know, he's like right. squinting and he's talking about how without his glasses, he has 50% vision. Hmm. And he doesn't wear contacts when he fights. So when he fights, he said like his vision is terrible. Wow. But like you're looking at one of the most elite, if not the most elite, like MMA striker there is. Right. He's had the most finishes in UFC. Jiu-jitsu is a little different. Jiu-jitsu is more feel. You don't have to have perfect vision for jiu-jitsu. Right. But again, you know, like his striking is just as elite. And he's the champion. He fights the best guys. And he is very compromised with probably the most important thing you could have is a vision. But it's like, these are the masters. Like, these are the people who, who have the most, like, ring time, if you want to say that, you know. And then one other parallel to this was Ben Askren. I heard him on, on Lex Friedman. Ben Askren, like, Olympic wrestler, like, super, like, one of the highest levels. And he was talking about when he was in his wrestling days... Like when he was competing in the Olympics and just like all in, he would like, when he would like close his eyes and like, he, he would see these, these like figures, these like gray, like blank bodies, like basically like doing moves and doing pins and doing takedowns. And when he was just like dialed in and all he did was train, he would see these figures, 
And he would like figure out different moves and takedowns just from these like blank gray, like figures, like wrestling in his head. Mm. And he said there was like a couple other people who at their highest level could like start to see these like figures when they like imagined and like thought about wrestling Mm. and they like, and they would, once it kind of clicked and they could see it in their head, they would like try it and they would like have like a new move basically. But he was saying when he got into MMA and when he, like now he's kind of retired, he doesn't like, he can't see the figures anymore. Mm. But he was just talking about basically like when you're like so like at the highest level obsessed with something, like things, things start to like click, like your intuitive senses, like something happens where you can just reach that like next level, you know? And it's just, I'm not really going anywhere with this, but I was just, it was interesting to me hearing from like the highest level athletes, how, how, just like observing the levels to this shit. Yeah. Well, like on a, on a basic level, like it's always funny when, (coughs) if I'm like watching fights on YouTube at my mom's place or if like, yeah, she, we just happen to be in the same room while we're watching fights she'll see like a, a like a moment of like a brawl like a like an exchange and then maybe somebody gets knocked out or maybe not and i'm like oh that was like a sweet cross and she's like i didn't see anything i didn't see anything mm. like her her eyes aren't picking up on what's actually happening yeah. so that's like a very basic like newbie eyes to that match or like if 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 i were to watch golf like I could see some stuff, but if Tiger Woods watched it beside me, he'd be like, "Oh, did you see the slight shift when this happened?" I'd be like, "No, yeah, fuck no, I didn't." Or like in a jiu-jitsu match, it's like the more you do it, the more you see different things. Like if I watched a like I'm pretty knowledgeable with like martial arts, but like if I sat with like Dwayne Ludwig and we watched a fight, he'd be seeing things that I don't, mm, yeah. right? Patterns, like subtleties, and so yeah, just like it takes like that 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 time and so like charles Oliveira, his vision might not be that good but as long as he can see like your your body he sees how you're moving in and out and he could pick up on little patterns without like like seeing that clear he just sees what you're about to do mm-hmm. you know these like little subtleties yeah you know like michael jordan talked about this is gonna be tough to explain on the podcast but he was saying that like when somebody fakes Like when you shoot, you're like this, my right foot is forward, my left foot's back and I would be like this. But he said a lot of people when they fake, fake a shot, they'll do this. But he's like, your foot's back there. Mm. You're, you're about to explode. You're not in a position to shoot. Interesting. And he's like, if you have the experience, you'll know when they're actually going to throw and when the fake is coming. And so it's like those, that little foot position, it, it like helps substantially but you have to be an expert to read it. Yeah. You have to read that and know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like if you don't have any martial arts experience, if you do this to somebody, they're going to like flinch for sure. But if like Kobe is the gangster, Kobe Bryant, do you ever see that yeah. video when the guy tries to flinch him with the ball? There's another one too, where like a mascot from the opposing team, like jumps out at him and he is just stone cold, man. <laughs> like just can't be phased. The greatest. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, you see it. I mean, when people like jujitsu is the most boring thing to watch for people, unless you're like a jujitsu head. Right. And then it's like the most fascinating thing to watch. Right. Or even you can see when people first start training like kickboxing or MMA and then they start like watching fighting, they like, they start to get it. They're like, Oh, like this is more than just people throwing haymakers at each other. Right. And they get really into it. Yeah. So here's an example. Did you see my, <laughs> my Instagram post yesterday with the liver shots? Yeah. That was sick. So 
I did it this morning as well with Derek, but we did it. I, I we I posted a video where we had our shirts uh, our shirts on, but we actually did it with our shirts off. And I joked, and I'm like, I'm not just doing this to show you my fucking six pack. Not only are we body conditioning, I want you to feel where the liver is. I want you to actually be accurate. Mm-hmm. And so, like when we're doing body conditioning, some people will just dig to the body. That's not good enough. Yeah. And I told him so when I had my shirt off. He hit a couple that were just too close to my abdomen. So my abs took the heat. I felt nothing. Yeah. As soon as he shifted it and went mm. a little bit up, like I'm talking an inch and a half difference, it just about dropped me. Mm. So like the, the subtleties, like if you don't just think body, it'd be the, the equivalent of like if I punch <clears throat> you in the center of the forehead versus the chin. Yeah. I'm probably going to hurt my hand and it's probably not going to do a whole lot to your forehead, but yeah. I'll fuck you up if I hit you in the jaw. Yeah. If I punch you in the abs, you're probably going to eat it like nothing. Yeah. If I hit you in the liver shot, you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. So, But it's like an inch difference. Subtle. And so, yeah, when we're doing these body conditioning things, even with the belly pad, like some people were hitting the, the belly pad and I'm like, that's hip bone. And then they go too high mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't feel shit. Yeah. All of a sudden they hit it. I'm like, that's it right there. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll move the belly pad where the red spot is and yeah. I'm like, hit the button. That's where my liver is. Mm-hmm. If you miss that, I'm not feeling <laughs> shit subtleties that those are some of the most like beautiful knockouts and knockdowns to me is like a nice liver shot a nice body shot yeah what what is it about i guess the it's an organ it just shuts down when it gets you know takes extreme impact eh? i'm a moron i watch i watched a seven minute video explaining why the body shuts down Mm. don't know any of it yeah they talk too much about blood pressure rising and something yeah but yeah it basically just sends something to your nervous system and it just it it literally does what it would happen if you got knocked out but when you get knocked out it's almost easier because you don't feel the pain like your brain gets rattled so much that it doesn't connect pain to that what just happened mm. so when you get hit in the head that's I, sometimes Interesting. people would rather get hit in the face or in the head than the liver shot because your brain and all your neurons are still feeling all the pain because it's just the liver that's getting squished and like and sometimes punctured they said you can actually die from a proper liver shot boss rootin actually bursted someone's liver <laughs> in pancreas <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude, he hit it so hard. It, it, it was in, in the video, it showed like a computerized version of it, but it just went up into the ribs and then the liver just, it, it hits it and then it shoots out the other side and it actually bursts it. And you could see the guy in fucking agony, Ooh. man, yelling, ah, 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 like trying to catch Jesus, his breath man. and just hunched over. So yeah, it's, that's, yeah, it's crazy. Liver well, shots are nasty. I've heard guys say they'd rather get knocked out from like a punch to the jaw then take like a clean liver shot they're brutal and boss rootin shout out to boss rootin he's the man he's got a liver tattooed on his hand yeah because he wants to like hit you in the liver that was like his thing his bread and butter yeah isn't that funny man it's a fight finisher man it's like i I tell people like when i'm doing privates with them like don't underestimate body shots like don't just head hunt like if you have a good body shot, like people have to respect it and they'll drop their hands and then go upstairs. But like, don't just seek the head all the time. If you can hit a, if you can line up a good body shot, I see like a lot of skill in that. Like, like that's, that's more high level to me than like landing a clean shot to the head. Yeah. Is well, it? cause the placement, like, man, yeah. like I'm doing this body conditioning stuff, man. Like people are like this guy, Marco that I uh, trained with all the time. Like he was, he was blown away at the the difference of like when you hit the liver and when you slightly miss mm. it's literally the difference of like uh, f- i could eat those all day long to uh, i can't take one of those yeah you know 
I think that's one of the most beautiful things to watch about martial arts or like striking is like level changing with strikes. Mm-hmm. Like you see it so many times when guys are throwing, just thrown to the head and then the second round, they'll like the last punch on their combo, like they go to the body. Right. Or when guys are kicking the legs, kicking the liver, and then they just go high and land that head kick. Yeah. And you just see how calculated it is and how smart it is. And even if the person taking the shots can kind of see, it's like, okay, they might be lining up a head kick because I've gotten kicked four times in the legs and two times in the stomach now. It, it doesn't matter because your your reaction time is so dialed into the low shots. Yeah. All it takes is that split second for you to drop your hands and the foot wraps over the hands. And that's where I think like high level guys will come in and they're like looking for patterns. Like I think lower level guys will come in thinking I'm going to hit a hook cross hook kick. I'm going to hit a specific combo yeah. it, it already thought of in their head yeah. instead of reacting and seeing patterns. Whereas I, I feel like a high level guy will go in there and he'll throw a jab five times and he's just reading. Yeah. Perfect example. Um, I always forget his name. Peter Yon. I'll just say yeah. the white version. There's like a weird little accent. Piotr Yon. Yeah, Piotr Yon. He's phenomenal at it. So he'll go in there. If it's a five round fight, the first two rounds, he just throws like some bullshit out there. He's just throwing like a couple like single strikes, mostly just defense Mm -hmm. and throwing a couple strikes. And what's he doing? He's reading all your patterns. He's gathering all the information he needs to beat the fuck out of you in the next three rounds. So for 10 minutes, he'll play high guard and he'll just do this. Oh, did he parry my jab or slip? What's he doing? Okay, okay. Maybe next time I'm going to go hook and run him into that. Or instead of the jab, I'll go hook and run him into it. When I throw a low kick, what is he doing? Okay, I'm going to gather all that information. Mm-hmm. Okay, so far he's checked and he's pulled his leg away. You know, when I go to the body, what does he do? Does his hands drop? And he's gathering everything he needs. And then in the third round, he's like, now nah, I got you. Then you see him opening up. That's why Peter Yan loses the first two rounds almost every fight. People are like, oh shit, like this guy's looking phenomenal. Also, the third <laughs> round comes and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's intense shit. And that's hard to do. Like, I know Hardest. this. I know it's about reading patterns and seeing how they react and adapting. But like, I still can't really do that sparring because you're in the heat of the things and you're just like, protect myself, throw something. Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. And it's like, for jujitsu, like for me at least, it took like at least a year, maybe two before I could like relax enough rolling and like remember technique and think instead mm-hmm. of just like yeah. reacting, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. to, to do it under pressure and to do it in front of all the fans and, and like read and gather that information and then adjust, like man, high level. insane. High level. It's insane. Um, change topics. <clears throat> I got yeah. something for you. Throw it. Um, did you hear, uh, it was on Lewis Howe's podcast. Uh, the Wall Street Trapper. I haven't. It's pretty badass. Okay. A very unique and different guest on Lewis Howe's podcast. Like you know, like Trapper is in like trapping animals or like uh, like I'm like selling drugs. Out of like trap I'm house. selling drugs. Yeah, like trap house gangster <laughs> type shit. Like this guy was like. Uh, so I'll just tell you a bit of his story. So this guy grew up um, in the hood. I forget exactly where. Was it New York? I forget where. Rough area. Um, Everyone he knew and his family, like they were, they were gangsters, like they were selling drugs. It's just kind of what he knew. So he just got into it early on and he actually ended up going to jail for 10 years for shooting somebody, uh, armed robbery. And so he actually shot somebody and he went to jail for, for 10 years. And while he was in jail, he was, uh, 
reading and like learning and he, he uh, learned about like the stock market and investing and he's like oh shit and he learned about like Warren Buffett and he's like oh fuck like I'm gonna be the next Warren Buffett like yeah I want to be like the next Warren Buffett and like make all this money <laughs> like, it sounds awesome he got really obsessed with it so he gets out of jail after being in there for 10 years and he gets out and what happens when you go to jail usually they strip you of all your things you got bad credit you got no money um, so you just have to start from scratch it's hard to get a job so he's like, well, I have no money to invest. I can't be Warren Buffett with no money. I have to go make some money. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, uh, he took like a fast track course to be a welder. And then he started welding and he's like making this hourly wage. And he's like, this isn't Warren Buffett money. Like how the fuck am I going to be a millionaire making like 30 bucks an hour welding? Like mm-hmm. shit. I'm going to start selling drugs again. <laughs> and Lewis is like, you're killing me, man. <laughs> like, really? You know? And, and this guy, like, he talked like a gangster. Like, he wasn't like your typical guy, like, on, like, Lewis's podcast. Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. very, like, real. And the guy was just being straight up. He's like, yeah, I just, I wasn't making money. And I, I just went to back, I went back to what I knew. And that was selling drugs. I started selling drugs. And then I got, I got raided. The cops broke down my door and they raided all my shit. They took all my stuff, um, but he's like, when I when I was welding, I was I started investing. I started putting a little bit away, and what I noticed was that they took all my cash and they they emptied my bank account and they 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 like serve you your sentence and blah blah blah. They took all my shit, seized my drugs, my money, all of it. What they didn't touch was my stocks. Either one legally, maybe they couldn't, or mm. two, they thought I was a dumb black gangster who didn't know about stocks. Mm. But either way, I had money still, and he's like, that was a big eye opener for me. Or like, oh, these motherfuckers didn't touch my stocks. Like maybe that's a little bit safer there. I'm I'm gonna go all in on stocks. Anyway, the when the cops raided him, they did it illegally, and so he actually got out of that 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 charge. But the idea that his stocks remain the same, it was still, was still like, he's like, oh fuck, like this is sweet. Like cops can't touch that shit. I'm going to go all in on, on stock market. That's interesting. But he's still selling drugs. So it didn't, didn't quite scare him away from that. One day he's selling drugs with his buddy. A guy comes up, pulls a gun on him. And he said it was very real. Like he could tell this guy was about to shoot him. And if his friend wasn't there, who also had a gun pulled on him. So his friend had a gun pulled on the one guy. The one guy had a gun, uh, his gun pointed at him. And his friend said, look, man, if you shoot my friend, you're dead 100%. If you walk away now, I will put my gun away. Like we don't want to die right now. But if you pull that trigger, two people are dying right now. And it was like this fucking like crazy scenario, but the guy said it was so real that was enough fear for him to be like, I'm not, I'm, I'm done with this shit. I'm never doing this again. He's so like, the guy was robbing him his drugs. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I got a daughter. Like I, I can't fucking die right now. Yeah. And so the guy he put the gun away, and then he walked away. And he said that that's when I just quit cold turkey. I never sold drugs again. And he's like, I just started going all in on the stock market. And then he uh, he quit his job. He quit his job like a little while ago and he just said straight up on Lewis Howe's podcast and I thought it was kind of cool. He's like, I'll tell you right now. He's like, I got 10 grand in the bank and he's like, I I got enough saved for about six months. He's like, that's what I'm working with. But he's like, I came from nothing. And he's like, I'm all in on this. He's like, my my calling, my passion right now is to invest, but I want to teach the ghetto financial literacy. Mm. Like he's like, I'm changing my life because I now understand how rich white people do things. Mm, and, that's, yeah. Yeah, and he kept kind of talking about that. I'm like, what a fucking, what? there's so many stories like that, that I'm like, fucking hats off to you. Like the real Rick Ross. Yeah. Dude, you had a life sentence. You ain't getting out of jail. 
His lawyer gave up on him. Little Rick Ross couldn't read, learn how to read. Not only did he learn how to read, he learned how to read law to the point where he got himself out of jail. He got himself freedom again. Knowledge is power. Dude. Applied knowledge is power. Yeah. Crazy. And so like this guy is kind of the same thing. Like while he's in jail, I think he met like kind of a mentor who was like, you should read this book. He did not try this one. Mm-hmm. And he kept his hand on these financial books and getting his financial literacy up. And I'm like, fuck man. Like some people just have like a never quit attitude. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. You know? That's, that'd be crazy. I wonder why they couldn't have access to take his investments. I, I think it's because he said, I think that they just assumed that he probably didn't have any yeah. stock. It's like they listen now and they're like, oh, actually, technically, we could have taken that. So they come and they take it all. But they couldn't because it was illegal. It was an illegal search to begin with. Oh, okay. So all of it got thrown out the window because <clears throat> they didn't have a warrant. Have you ever had anything happen? Like, like, obviously, probably not a gun pulled on you. But have you ever had somebody run up on you or do something that you were like scared for your life? The, the only time I can think of is in uh, Edmonton one time. We were going to go to a, a rave. And I don't think I was... I don't think I did MDMA at the point at that time. I think I was just going there to like have some drinks and go to a rave. Yeah. And we were outside this rave about to go in. And this guy, sketchy fucking character in Edmonton, walks up to us, covered in blood. And just lifts his shirt and was like, hey, like I just, I just stabbed somebody. Can, like I, I think he was like asking for help or something. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to fucking even talk to you. And I forget exactly what happened. I think we just oh like, my God. yeah, we got, just got into the bar. But I just remember him being covered in blood, and he literally showed us a knife and just was like, I, and he looked scared. He's like, hey, I just stabbed somebody. I'm like, fucking, go to somebody else. Yeah, I'm 18 years old. You know, jeez. So yeah, that's it. I've never had anybody like threaten me in that way though not with like a weapon or anything i haven't either but i had this one it was very quick but it was sketchy i went to hawaii by myself and one day i was walking and i'm in waikiki i'm in a public place but i had to go on like a little bit of like an off street to get to the main street where all the action was and i remember i turned the corner and i was like walking i had like a block and you know you're just your gut feeling your intuition there was two guys walking towards me and right away, I just felt like gross in my stomach. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like how this feels walking towards these guys. And it was too late to turn around. Like, I just had to keep going. And all I remember, I was wearing like short shorts and a muscle shirt. And I had like, it was like a cheap watch, but it was like a flashy kind of watch. And my instinct was just like, I wanted to just like hide my watch because I felt like they were going to rob me. Like, mm-hmm. I just just like... I want to like pretend I'm scratching my back so that they can't see like what's on my wrist. And then as I got closer, I could tell that they were like, just like looking at me the whole time. And as I got closer, the one guy's like, what's up Holmes? And they, I don't know if they're Hawaiian, they look kind of Mexican, but they had like lots of tattoos and they just look like rough dudes. And I looked at the guy that said, what's up? I looked like in his eyes and then I looked down at his hand and he was literally holding a handgun in his hand. Wow. And I was, I just looked at him Fuck. and I looked at his hand and I was just like, Hey man. And then I just kept walking forward Holy. and I didn't look back and, um, it was just so quick. And I was like, I didn't want to be like, Oh, not much. Cause I didn't want to start a dialogue, yeah. but I didn't want to ignore him either. So right. I was just like, Hey man. And I walk and then like, whatever, in 20 feet, I look back and they, they, they weren't like coming at me obviously and i was just like what the fuck like man and those are those scenarios where it's like if you say the wrong thing like what were they looking for what kind of reaction were they hoping for where they were actually going to pursue somebody weakness 
Like maybe if you didn't say anything and you were just really timid and had your head down, they're like, oh, this guy's weak. We'll break him. Yeah. He'll give us his wallet. But if you like have your posture up, you're like, hey, they're like, oh, that might be a bit of a fight. This guy might like, you know, it's like we don't actually want to shoot someone. We just want to scare you and take your wallet. So I wonder if they're looking for like a sliver of weakness. I wonder, man. And and I I wanted to show them respect. So I did walk straight up. And so I wanted to be like, hey, because I, I was like, if I ignore them, they might be like, I said, what's up, Holmes? Right, exactly. But I didn't want to like stop and be like, oh, hey, like how's it going yeah. either? So it was like such a quick thing. But yeah, you're right, man. Like those situations, you got to be careful. And Crazy. I was just like, man, that. And after that, I was like, I'm not roaming around at night anymore. It was like a few nights in and I'm like, mm. fuck that. Like that could have went really weird, you know? Fuck, man. But yeah, perks of living around here. I feel like that's a lot more rare than <laughs> if you were like in a any other country yeah <laughs> canada's relatively safe i feel like with that stuff for the it, most part it's weird though because different cultures are different too but it's like even in saskatoon if you're like walking around downtown and there's like a guy with like face tattoos and like you're about to cross it's like i don't want to stare at him because he might think it's it might piss him off but i don't want to like ignore him and not acknowledge him either because that right. shows like i don't respect him or i think he's trash so right. those situations can get a little dicey that's where that street smarts comes in hey? yeah like you really have to have some kind of awareness yeah like you said it's like you don't want to be rude you don't want to stare at them too long yeah you know because sometimes they're just like looking at you and if you keep staring they're like what are you looking at and yeah like, oh fuck yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to respect you man i don't want to get shot that's you know? the worst when somebody is like just provoking the situation. Right. They're staring at you. Yeah. But then if you look at then they're like, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, man, you were staring at me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I like this podcast is because I, 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 I think we both like to maybe hear a podcast or read a book or just have a thought in our head and then we try to like put, like put it out in the podcast. And so I'm going to try to formulate something that I – going off um, the Wall Street – trapper okay and I, should we try to finish this up in oh shit i think i could do it in three minutes yeah let's hear it so growth mindset versus fixed mindset and with the um wall street trapper growing up uh, i believe he said that he saw his mother overcome a lot of obstacles and when you're young in this book that i'm reading grit she talks about hopelessness and hope and she said people that you typically have a fixed mindset grew up in an environment where let's say something bad happened in air quotes and their parents handled it poorly and said, oh no, like this sucks. I'm dumb because I lost my job or I'm just obese. That's what it is, what it is. We just, it's our genetics where we're just big people. We're just dumb people. We're just slow. We're just whatever the thing is. As opposed to if a child sees a parent lose their job and be like, it's okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. We're gonna mm-hmm. figure this out. I just, I slipped up, I was late too many times, won't happen again, I'm gonna get another job and continue. That kid sees that, might not fully understand it, but they see like, okay, like my parents are just gonna keep going. They just keep going. Yeah. And so like they, he was saying with like hopelessness, the people that grow up in that environment, they will have a fixed mindset. They're either dumb or just fat and or slow, broke, broke, right? Like there's all these things that we label label ourselves, and basically, fixed mindset means that you are fixed in that pattern. Mm-hmm. You, there's no improving. Whereas, like the growth mindset has hope that if they continue working towards it, or at least seeking solutions, that something will happen, or at least it'll increase their chances of of it happening. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was cool to to see like that guy's resilience and just that. I'm not going to quit attitude 
of like continuing on just because he saw it growing up. You mm-hmm. know, he saw his mom like just like go through hell and back. And even some of his like gangster friends, like he, like he said, he learned a lot of business stuff. And he said the stock market is very similar to the streets in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it was just like to hustle. Yeah. It's a hustle. I was trying to just quickly get through that. Cause I was like watching the time we got like, yeah, we got about 50 seconds. Yeah. Like. It's, it's annoying. We're still dealing with issues with the, the whole sound quality. So we're, we're doing it on an app where we only have an hour. So yeah, bear with us. But, um, well, that's pretty much it for me, buddy. <laughs> and ju- just to, <laughs> summarize what you said yeah that's like the quality of the most successful people is like they were the whole rocky story they're beaten down but they keep going like they don't quit you know and yeah i think that's that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) wisdom wisdom 101 wisdom uh well wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up i hope your year's going better than mine (laughs) it is what it is it's only up from here i hope it gets better man yeah thanks buddy episode 44 Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.